0: 1110-993-WBT It's the Pete Callender Show 704-570-1110 1-800-WBT-1110 Email is Pete at the Pete Callender Show Remember get the podcast at WBT.com or the Pete Callender Show.com and of course on the Twitter machine at Pete Callender where I hooked another one It's kind of what I do Just <laughs> go out there fishing So, uh, as I mentioned earlier, photographing your ballot once cast is illegal in the state of North Carolina. And uh, I was just informed by uh, somebody who identifies as Patrick Henry II, said, no, it's not. First Amendment overrides that law. Okay, well, you know me. I'm all about solutions, and I'm a giver. So, I helpfully suggested that he test that theory go ahead and take some photographs of your cast ballot go get yourself arrested for it or charged with it and uh, then go fight it all the way to the. US Supreme Court. Do it. We'll see what happens. I don't know I, I'm not a constitutional law expert. I'm just telling you what the law says now when I when I said that law to the other person um, I look I you know I assured them you don't have to worry even though this is all unfolding on Twitter, you've been outed. You've, you've self-identified as a lawbreaker. I have now cited for you the relevant statute. You have not taken down the photograph. So if anybody wanted to prosecute this person, they could do it. I said, but don't worry. Nobody does it. I mean, come on. Nobody does that. You got to find somebody like in a DA's office. That's, actually interested in prosecuting something like that in the first place and then of course you got to find some judge that's willing to convict or a jury I don't know if it would go to a jury trial but you you'd have to get some sort of sentence against the person and even if you got that I think it's I don't know I think you have to write something like I will not photograph my ballot a hundred times on a truck board I think that's the punishment in the statute so alrighty so the Charlotte Mecklenburg School board, They held an emergency meeting yesterday. I acknowledge here, I was unaware. I was unaware that an emergency meeting was being held. I did not know that. I spent my evening watching the Charlotte City Council. Actually, most of it was watching the Charlotte City Council's live stream, which was just a static, you know, will return momentarily image with classical music playing for like three hours or something while they were in closed session. I think that's what violated their terms of service, by the way. Yeah, YouTube took down the live stream for the Charlotte City Council last night. Uh, I think it was because they were inactive. They were dormant. Like, there was nothing being fed except this screen, this placeholder screen, you know, we will return shortly, and, uh, and then the music playing in the background, and then all of a sudden that feed went down and said, your account has been suspended due to a violation of, youtube's terms of service but then they came right back up and they resumed so i don't know what the tos violation was anyway that's what i was doing last night and vacuuming because i had a lot of time to kill so i vacuumed um and then i did the dishes too anyway um but i will be covering a little bit of the charlotte city council public hearing comments because that's what i was watching for uh so i do have some of those uh sound bites i'm going to play those at six o'clock but pete You're not on the air at 6 o'clock. I know. I am usually not, but tonight I will be. Tonight I will be hosting the Charlotte at 6, which is at 6, by the way. Um, And so, yeah, I'll be covering some of that uh, this evening. So if you're near a radio or WBT.com, got the app, you can listen to Charlotte at 6 with me at 6. All right, so the Charlotte Mecklenburg School Board, they had an emergency meeting because of the whole superintendent firing... Fiasco. And uh, this started... Well, the exchange of the letters started March 30th. And I have them now. I've got the March 30th letter. And then I've got the response on April 4th. But this stuff was prompted. These letters got released because of a story that was done at the public radio station. Because one of the school board members... Handed off to, uh, I believe it was Ann Doss-Helms, the uh, the education beat reporter. And she worked for the Charlotte Observer for years doing the education beat reporter. She's solid. I I, I always got along with Ann. I thought she was a solid reporter uh, when she was at the Observer. Um, so that's where, uh, it's my understanding, that's where this started. Some One of the school, Ruby Jones, I think it was Dr. Ruby Jones, she gave Helms something Uh, A story got written, and that prompted the release of more information. So I'm just going to start at the beginning, though, okay? Which is this March 30th letter. This is a letter from Ernest Winston's lawyer, who is Glenn Brock Esquire. esquire E-S-Q? Is that how he pronounces it? I'm just kidding. I know. It's Esquire. So he's the... (laughs) Glenn Brock is the lawyer for Ernest Winston. <clears throat> and this is a letter that is sent to the Charlotte Mecklenburg Board of Education, as well as the, uh, or sorry, not the uh, the whole board, but to the uh, lawyer for the Board of Education. Is it Andrea? Andre? Andre Mays. Anyway, General Counsel for CMS, Board of Ed. And here's what the lawyer for Winston says. Again, this is March 30th, so Winston's still there. He hasn't been fired yet but they're in this negotiation phase, if you will. We're discussing. We're discussing on how to fire you. All right, so here's the lawyer. Quote, let me begin by stating again that Mr. Winston's preference is to continue as superintendent. However, for him and the district to be successful, immediate changes in board behavior must occur. One of the basic tenets of Cognia Accreditation is that boards of ed refrain from interfering with the administrative responsibilities assigned solely to the superintendent. Cognia, Stan- I have no idea what that is, by the way, C-O-G-N-I-A. It's not even all capitalized, so I don't, I don't know what it is, but the standard 1.15 states, quote, the governing authority adheres to a code of ethics and functions within defined roles and responsibilities. In fact, This is by far the number one reason, the lawyer says, that school districts are called in for special review, probation, and even loss of accreditation. Your client, so the Board of Ed, your client has repeatedly violated this standard. The standard that says the governing authority functions within the defined rules and responsibilities. So the lawyer is saying what? That the Board of Ed is going beyond its authority. beyond the scope, beyond their role, and they're interfering with the superintendent's ability to do his job by maybe micromanaging or something, which, by the way, this is what I was told by many people when I got back to Charlotte and I asked how in the blue blazes did the former education beat reporter for the Charlotte Observer end up as the superintendent when he had no experience or certification to do that, right? And everybody, almost everybody said, Because they wanted someone they could control. The board wanted someone they could control. So this letter fits quite nicely inside of that argument. Is it true? I do not know. But we'll get into more of the letter in a moment. All right, so the attorney for former CMS Superintendent Ernest Winston wrote a letter to the attorney for the Charlotte Mecklenburg Board of Education saying, look, Ernest Winston prefers to stay. But if he's going to be successful and if CMS is going to be successful in educating every child, then there have to be some changes in the Board of Education's behavior because they're the problem. They are interfering with Superintendent Winston's ability to do his job not well. One example, he says, the board... I'm just kidding. I threw that last part about not well, but his lawyer didn't say that part. I I just did. Okay. One example, the board directed the superintendent to hold meetings with certain staff. Can you believe it? Told him how often he had to meet with the staff. He told him who the staffers had to be. The board also said how long the meetings should be. And then the board told him that they, the board, would review the frequency of these meetings at the end of March 2022. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. So who are these people that the board was saying he had to meet with? The general counsel, the chief compliance officer and the superintendent that that. That's who we needed to be talking with, huh? Okay. Let me jump over here to the board response. Here's the, or the general counsel response. So this is from the board of ed's general counsel, the lawyer Andrea Mays. She cites statute, says this is the framework that that I am going to respond to the allegations you made against the board. Uh, you claim the board has violated an accreditation standard by not adhering to a code of ethics and does not function within defined roles and responsibilities. As a general response, I refer you to the board operations procedure manual, specifically the standards of conduct. Page three. It includes a link to the board of uh, code, the board's code of ethics. And she then says you cite two examples that were included in written expectations that the board set for the superintendent. Now, as you are aware, these board expectations were developed after several evaluation meetings with the superintendent. So the first assertion is that the Board of Ed somehow interfered with his role when it required scheduled meetings between the board's three direct reports. So the general counsel, who's Miss Mays herself, chief compliance officer, and the superintendent. But we do not report to the superintendent. This is you gotta remember, this is the lawyer now talking. So the the board said to Ernest, hey, you need to meet with the general counsel. You need to meet with the lawyer weekly or whatever, you need to meet for like an hour because you're not and this came out by the way when they Fired him a couple weeks ago. This was part of the discussion, part of the um, the criticisms that they released later, that he was not going to the lawyers. He was not including them in some of these discussions, which had legal implications for the school district. He was not including general counsel in early decision-making processes. Okay? So the lawyer, the general counsel, says, we don't report to the superintendent. So the board is not interfering with his ability to do his job or his role or whatever, because we report to the board. Our contract states that we're all supposed to work collaboratively. And if he's not acting collaboratively, then the board basically should be able to tell him to work collaboratively. So that was that response. Then the next um, the next example from December 3rd, 2021, so last December, you need a different chief of staff with strong skill sets that are different from yours and that complement yours. So this is a direct attack on Latarja Henry, who who uh, was the chief of staff for Ernest Winston, okay? And this is what the board is telling Ernest, saying you need to have a different chief of staff. You need to get her, get rid of her and get somebody else in there that has a different skill set. Specifically coming from schoolhouse experience and or experience supporting the management of a large organization. What are they saying? They're saying that both of you came out of comms. Which they did. They both came out of a communications department. Your current chief of staff has significant strengths, but her skill set is too close to yours, is what they told the superintendent. What was his response? We'll get into that. News Talk eleven ten ninety nine three WBT. That's Stevie Ray Vaughan. 704-570-1110, 704-570-1110, All right, so going over these uh, competing letters, one from the lawyer for the former superintendent, one from the lawyer for the Charlotte-Mecklenburg Board of Ed. These letters went back and forth before they fired Ernest Winston. This is the internal communication. A couple of tweets real quick. It's a Pete tweet. Uh... App Patriot girl says, I have no doubt that the board does indeed overstep see reasons why we can't keep a decent superintendent, but Winston is clearly unqualified and incompetent. Right. Which I do feel the need. Thank you very much. I feel the need to point this out that, uh, when watching this battle unfold with these two participants, people might ask Pete, who are you rooting for? To which I would respond in this fight, I am rooting for injuries. Injuries. Not metaphorical. I'm not, not calling for violence. I'm just saying. I don't have to pick one of the participants. I'm, just let them fight. Let, as long as this isn't costing us any more money on top of the, what, 570-whatever-thousand large that we're paying Winston not to work. Um. As long as this isn't going to cost us more money, which I suspect it probably will, just because that's what boards of ed do. Again, I feel I feel the need to I don't know, harken back to the Mark Twainism. At first, God made idiots, and that was for practice. And then he made school boards. Okay. So, we have uh, staff I'm sorry. <laughs> we have the i'm sorry we have the let the memo that came from the board of ed to the superintendent back in december all right of 2021 and they advised ernest the board did they told ernest you really need a different chief of staff that's what they said you need a different chief of staff with strong skill sets that are different from yours And that complement yours. So, I mean, even here, they're like, it's okay, Ernest. You're you're doing good. You're a good person, and you have a skill set, and that's a really good skill set. The problem is this other person has the identical skill set, so you don't you don't kinda vibe off each other. It's what was the line from Breaking Bad? It's like jazz. Right? You gotta find the right. Note, man, and the right, right bandmate, man, and this isn't... Anyway, so they say you need to find somebody with schoolhouse experience and or experience supporting the management of a large organization. So this was really the problem. See, they were both communicators, and uh, they had no experience in the schoolhouse uh, or running a large organization, which is weird Because if I recall correctly, the board hired him for this job, knowing about his resume. But I don't know, I feel like that should be an important part of the discussion. So this was the other criticism that the lawyer for the superintendent uh, was pointing out. That the board said this, your current chief of staff has significant strengths, but her skill set is too close to your own. You do not balance each other out. We do not see you achieving success with her by your side in this position. We share this based on our own observations as well as abundant feedback from staff and community leaders. Change must be initiated by December 31, 2021. So the lawyer, and that's all from the memo. The lawyer then says, here the board is directing that he either terminate or reassign one of his most trusted advisors. They also proceed to tell him the skill set that her replacement must have, and they can't be similar to his. They also told him that this change must be initiated just 28 days from the date of the memo. These actions have sent a clear message to some staff. The superintendent is not the administrative leader of the district. Oh, I'm sorry. Did they need that? Did they need that memo for that to be clear? I thought everybody kind of knew that. Again, I got back to town and I asked, how did this reporter become the head of the Charlotte-Mecklenburg School District? And that's what everybody said. They wanted someone they could control. So was this this isn't new information, right? But on this point, I think the lawyer does have a, I think he has a point here. He says, this has created a culture where staff are interacting with the board on matters, which should be between staff and the superintendent. <gasps> Holy unintended consequences, Batman. Who could have ever predicted that when you put somebody in place to be your puppet, everybody kind of realizes that he doesn't call the shots, and then they start dealing with you directly, right? That's what he's saying happened. Just this month, your communication department leader resigned, and the notes he used for his exit interview provide numerous examples of this board's interference, and he states this was a major factor in his decision to leave. There are other examples. The board has now, uh, on several occasions, suggested he leave while not offering to pay him what is clearly in his contract, namely the termination for convenience clause. I'll come back to that. But let's take this example. Let's let's get to the board response here, the lawyer's response from the Board of Ed. Is that um, to, to your next assertion is that the board directed Winston to either terminate or reassign his chief of staff. The board has never directed the superintendent to terminate the chief of staff. But we did not say it. (laughs) Communication is their language to that effect. Uh, The chief of staff's contract, like all executive contracts, are with the board, which means only the board can terminate the contract. Additionally, the chief of staff's contract, like all executive contracts, states, quote, at any time during the term, the superintendent or the board may, without cause or explanation, reassign her to a, another position. The board did not exercise its authority to reassign her. Rather, the board, after sharing specific concerns with Winston, asked the asked Winston to initiate that reassignment, to make him do it. So it does seem like the board was calling the shots on that. Now get this, the lawyer says, I cannot respond to your assertion. That board interference was a major factor in the comms department leader resigning. Although the superintendent has shared those reasons with you, which may be a violation of our state's personnel privacy laws, he has not shared those (laughs) reasons with the board. Oh, my. Oh, my. All right, News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Oh, I did have a, hang on, I got another tweet here I had to read. I mean, I didn't have to, but I choose to. From Monica, says, they're trying to rehabilitate Ernest Winston's gross negligence, and the guy's complaining. Yeah, it does seem kind of weird, right? It does seem weird. So you've got the two letters, one from the lawyer for the former superintendent, Winston, and then the response from the lawyer for the Board of Ed. The third so or, so the third point here is that uh, the lawyer for Winston says there are other examples. In addition to having his leadership undermined, the board has now on several occasions suggested that he leave while not offering to pay him what's clearly in his contract, namely the termination for convenience clause. They even hired an outside attorney to conduct interviews in an apparent effort To find cause to terminate him. That was Dean Shatley, by the way, who used to be the Board of Ed lawyer up in Buncombe County. Uh, And he still is in Asheville, by the way. Most recently, three board members met with Mr. Winston and suggested that he think about a mutual parting of the ways. This is after he tried to accommodate what he thought was the desire of the chair to make an offer to resign so as to save the board the need to terminate him. Well, his offer from that date is still on the table, but at this point I must advise him not to have any further meetings where the purpose is to discuss him leaving. If the board is genuinely ready for him to leave, then exercise the termination for convenience option in his contract, which they adopted scarcely more than one year ago, and we can move on. However... If they can agree to stop the aforementioned behaviors, stop interfering, and agree to bring in a trained consultant who can work with the board and the superintendent on proper roles and responsibilities, then Mr. Winston believes that they can begin to work better as a team for the benefit of the children. So what is the ask here? Let's bring in another consultant. We're going to bring in another consultant to try to make sure we all know what jobs we're supposed to be doing, what our responsibilities are. All right, let me here's the response from the from the lawyer for the board of ed. Your final assertion, she says, is that the board has on several occasions suggested that Winston leave. Although we both agreed it is not productive to engage in a back and forth on these facts, it was the superintendent's coach, Robert Avassa, who initially raised voluntary separation with the board chair. Yeah, yeah. So the dude already had a coach. Superintendent Winston already had a coach, and the lawyer says, well, why don't we bring in another consultant? So this would be a second person brought in to try to, what, make sure these people know how to talk to each other and know what they're supposed to be doing. Regardless... The letter says the superintendent's contract includes, as one of the termination events, termination by mutual consent. Termination by mutual consent is not the same as termination for convenience, which is unilateral action by the board. So what what does this say? It says that they were—it's obvious that the board and Winston were negotiating to try and get away, try to find a way to get him out and— Make it mutual, right? Which we knew there was this debate going on at the time that, it, like, within, remember the, when all this went down, there was like 24 hours, 48 hours, and I forget what, but people, like, got a heads up. Brett Jensen from BT News was like, hey, he's, he's on his way out. This is what's happening. And they're trying to, you know, figure out, is it uh, termination by uh, uh, for convenience or for cause? Well, apparently, though, they were trying to work out this mutual consent deal But this seems to me like this is where the whole thing went off the rails. The lawyer for the school board says, you also state that the superintendent's offer to resign is still on the table. However, the superintendent and you made it crystal clear to me that his offer was off the table. She then later on says, to close out, I also want to be clear, the board, individually and collectively, has every right to meet with the superintendent to discuss his performance and express their concerns. The board will not agree to bring in a trained consultant as you requested. The board has established roles and responsibilities for the board and the super. And um, the board's sole responsibility uh, is to employ the superintendent to prescribe his duties and evaluate his performance. The board has acted within its authority as set forth by the law. All right. So why is all of this stuff coming out? what's going on well apparently board member Ruby Jones who was the lone dissenting vote in firing him right she uh she's the one that shared or I'm sorry the, and not in not in firing him but uh to release the response to complaints so here is from uh it, Charlotte Observer Anna Maria Della Costa, the Charlotte Mecklenburg Board of Education during this emergency meeting yesterday voted eight to one to release its response to complaints by Winston's attorney. OK, so the the first letter got leaked to the public radio station in town. Who did that? Ruby Jones. And then she voted against releasing the school board response or the uh, the school board lawyer response. Why would you do that? Why would you leak winston's letter and then vote against your response the board chair elise Dashew from district mars says this going back and forth with personnel files serves absolutely nobody if it wasn't for the board having to correct the record we would not be here today so i'm disappointed but here we are they voted seven and two to fire winston right uh, it's, uh, yeah. All right. So in a motion to release the letter, Rhonda Cheek said that the lawyer, the, the super's lawyer, had inaccurate statements. All right. And that now the board had to release these documents in order to respond. Now, Ruby Jones said. While she shared Winston's letter with his permission, she said the board chair, Dashu, quote, might as well have spit in my face after she brought all this ballyhoo to outside sources to say that Ernest was a good man but not a competent man. She said uh, this has been one of the lowest points in her 52 years in the education business. As a board member, she said, we are dedicated to positively moving our black children forward academically, behaviorally, and emotionally. This act set our work back. Are you supposed to be moving all of the kids but I don't understand why it just became a racial thing all of a sudden. But it's CMS, so stuff usually gets there. All right, Winterville's up next. I'll be back on at six. Don't break anything while I'm gone.